Welcome to the Multitask. This is John Moore. This is Fadi Haddad. Let's get into it. Well, we have a new president, or should I say president-elect. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you think? What, what were your thoughts on, on how this went down? Well, I fell for the... I, last week on our show, I, I warned everybody about the red mirage blue shift that was coming, and I fell for it myself. <laughs> Tuesday night, I was desperately texting people, um, oh my God, it feels like 2016 all over again. And I knew, I, I told you last week, I don't think Wisconsin, Michigan, or Pennsylvania were going to get called that night. And so I was looking at Florida, if we could get an early night, that didn't look good. But it looked worse than it did in 2016. So I was really panicking at that point. And Arizona, they called Arizona early. Fox did at least. And uh, that made me feel better. And then I went to sleep probably at 3 a.m., woke up at 6 a.m. And uh, Wisconsin had turned blue. And then they were, they were saying Michigan and Pennsylvania were on the way. So ever since Wednesday morning, I felt pretty comfortable. But um, it's been a joyous, joyous week, a, a, a big relief for everybody, I think. Like, Well, you know, I, I did, I did the, now I will tell you, this is the third time I did this. You're going to laugh at the first time. You'll understand the second time and the third time this, this week. Um, you know, I'm a diehard White Sox fan. Yeah. You know how I feel about your beloved team. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that the that the Indians could pull it out, and when I saw it was inevitable, and I didn't want to be up for anything. I just did everything I could to turn off all of my digital, all of my social, and just go to sleep. And then I'd wake up the next morning, and then a few weeks later, or a week later, when in 2016, when Trump got elected, I did the exact same thing. I'm like, I don't like the, how this is going. Yeah. I'm just shutting off everything, and I'm not going to look. So, um, I, you know, I, I obviously had to be in communication with some people for my, for, for the day job. Um, and, you know, I was obviously talking to you and you remember I kept on saying, we don't need Florida. We don't need Florida. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I'm, I'm on a, a group text with my college buddies. And of course now these guys who, you know, they're, they're all having an opinion. There's 13 of them. Bing, 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 bing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just had to ignore it. I started ignoring it. But the, the best part is I have a sleep app on my phone and every night at 11 o'clock, my phone just goes into do not disturb mode. And I just, did that, went into the, went to, went to bed. I fall asleep to the TV. Normally I fall asleep to either CNN or MSNBC. I fell asleep to Modern Family. Nice. And then when I woke up the next morning, I, um, I didn't, I didn't go in immediately. I started playing words with friends, doing everything I could, could to avoid it. And I saw your text and I think you had just alerted me that one of the states had, had started moving in the right direction. Right, Wisconsin, and, yeah. and, and so, yeah. And so then, so by the, um, by the time I really got on my legs on Wednesday, and that's when we started seeing the other stuff falling in place, yeah. I felt pretty good. Yeah, and you know that that that. But um, you know, I you could you could already see an election night, and we'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. But the Senate was not going our way. Yeah. So there was you know it was it was not it was not an easy election night, and I think a lot of people who are, were pro Biden um, around eleven o'clock, eleven thirty were like, oh no, here we go again. Yeah. And that was the unfortunate part because we had, everybody had warned everybody, like, this is going to look one way and shift. It's going to look one way and shift. It's going to look one way and shift. And I think what scared everybody was Florida didn't, it didn't shift at all. And Florida was worse than it was in 2016. And then, so I think everybody panicked. And then when they saw, we flipped kind of two seats kind of early. Gardner kind of flipped. And the Arizona seat flipped kind of early and it looked good. And then North Carolina didn't look good. And Susan Collins won. And all of a sudden we were like, okay, it still looks good for Biden, but, but I, don't, I don't know if we're going to flip all these sentences that we had previously thought we were going to flip. And what was frustrating for me, 
And um, it was funny because by the end of the week, I guess I started buying into the pop culture hype. But um, and I, I was I'm, I'm an MSG person, not a, not a CNN person. And um, Kornacki was just pissing me off. <laughs> um, I early on when when the primetime coverage started and they just started really digging in and doing a deep dive in Florida. Yeah. And realistically, all that was doing was making people more nervous. Yeah. Right going here, here, like, and I was like, we don't need Florida. And what was frustrating was, and I, you know, I'm basically, so I've got MSNBC on, I'm looking, cause I'm really concerned with local races. So I've got the Chicago Board of Elections website up, Cook County Board of Elections uh, website up, Will County Board of Elections website up, Kankakee Board of Elections website up, and the New York Times yeah. and the Tribune. Um, and I'm seeing other states getting called and I'm not sure about CNN, but MSNBC didn't call Virginia until three or four hours after the yeah. AP called. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't call Illinois till. And and so then I'm getting frustrated because I, I'm really truly believing that they're doing what they can just to go ahead and make it um, seem interesting, to make it ex- exciting. It was just. It was to me that was just frustrating. I I don't think they were trying to make it exciting for ratings. I think they were so scared of calling it and being wrong and i think they would have never been so scared if it wasn't trump himself right i think everybody was i think they would call az right now nevada they called late um msnbc was like they didn't call wisconsin to the day after cnn and and, and ap called it and I, i just think they were trying to legally stay safe um that was frustrating too i ended up going to cnn i had msnbc on a monitor and cnn on my tv and I ended up just sticking to CNN because they were calling stuff when AP was calling stuff and other networks were calling stuff. And I just, you know, it's, it's funny. You look at CNN, it's like 253 electoral votes. And you look at MSNBC, it's like 198 electoral votes. It, it just felt like I'm going to stick with one and I'm going to, I'm going to stick with CNN. And I, and I ran with CNN. Well, you know, it's, it's, well, you know, the, the week hashed out. What, what did you think about the counting process? I, I think first and foremost, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and I'll get to you, but, I think we need to get used to this yeah. going forward. I think we're going to be putting more people through mail. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the way we do all elections, even post pandemic. And I think we should just realize that this is, we will now have a voting season, a month, a little bit over a month. Yeah. Um, it ends on this day and folks, it's not going to be unusual to take a week to get results. Yeah. What, what do you think? Well, I think not only should we expect this, but we should change the rules to, to, to fix this. Right. Part of the pro- part of the frustration was we knew all the Republican le- state legislators were stopping the counting beforehand that you couldn't count or you couldn't um, prep this to count. Pennsylvania wanted just to open the ballots and separate them so they could count them faster, um, and Republican legislator didn't want it to do it. So I think part of the frustration was that everybody was saying, "Why is it taking so long?" And it's like you can't process fifty million votes in a day. I think what we need to do um, is start passing legislation to have exactly what you just said, a season. Maybe we just have a month long. The first three weeks, you could uh, vote early and vote in mail. And then the last week, they could start counting all the ballots, and then you can start voting. And election day shouldn't be election day. It should be the last election day that we are able to vote. And all the count, all the votes should be, all the mail-in votes should be counted prior to that last day, I think. Um, but we have to pass laws and we have to give people resources to do all that stuff. Right. And, you know, one of the things I think that is, in my opinion, is we have to pass laws, 
but the challenge that you have is you have to do that at the federal level. Yeah. And I think everyone is going to, everyone is in the thought process, oh, we want to improve on this, whether you're Republican or Democrat. Yeah. But I think that the reality is, is that that's, you can have a consensus that something needs to be done. This needs to be improved. Yeah. But once you start working about the de- worrying about the details, that's where it might take a long time. And also don't forget, that's kind of for a form of, you know, the federal government taking over and kind of steps on states' rights. Mm-hmm. So the reality is, is you run into some issues. So, you know, there could be some best practices, some good standards, but I'm not sure how easy it is to implement. I mean, even within a state, you actually have different rules. So, for you know, um, people are looking right now at the Lauren Underwood race. Those numbers are finally coming in. And I'm sure you saw the article that said Lake County doesn't post their numbers until November 10th. Well, the reality is, is if we're all Illinois, even from county to county, there's different standards. So, so even the county co- uh, election commissions within a state that has a certain set of rules has a lot of deviation. So, I mean, I really don't know where we, how we begin and where we begin. And, and that brings us to, you know, which of the states you've been watching and all the late calls, what did you think was the system that ran well? What was, what do you think about, what do you think is the system that was just like, I don't know what these well, guys I, I want to give credit to Pennsylvania simply because they never had this mail-in voting before. They never had a robust system like this before. Illinois, uh, Florida, Ohio, they're all used to it. And Pennsylvania was just implementing it this year. That's hard enough with the pandemic. It's hard enough when you have the voter turnout that we had historically this year. So I want to give credit to Pennsylvania. The two states I thought were weird were Nevada and Arizona. Because Arizona posted 90, 92% of their entire votes right after the polls closed and arizona has a a big mail-in um system for republicans and democrats like they've done it for a long time and the frustration with arizona was they posted right away 92 percent, and they're still not called yet they still don't have all their votes in yet and they're they're so i felt i felt arizona was a little weird because they had so many votes but they were waiting for so many votes at the same time and nevada was interesting because from what i read they had a lot of people who had secure ballots and CNN was showing people who, in lines for hours secure their ballots, not not to vote, but secure the ballots that they had already voted on. So um, I understand, and I want everybody's vote to count wholeheartedly. Uh, I just think there has to be an efficient system where we could um, implement this because it seemed very inefficient that day. When they have they have to learn how to communicate. Uh, my favorite was the. Um, Clark County guy in uh, Nevada. He had a press conference. Well, first of all, he had a press conference on Friday, and that's when that crazy Republican start, or that Trump supporter started screaming in the background. Yeah. But uh, that may have been Thursday, and it was maybe Friday. He had, he had the normal press conference. But what was happening was he was essentially saying, "We'll have all of the the first what I would call the first round of ballots done by Saturday." Yeah. But then we have to factor in the uh, the um, what's it when you uh, the provisional ballot provisional right ballots, yeah. uh and all that other stuff and so he was saying so and we don't know when that's going to come yeah what he needed to do he was running into a communication problem yeah. and the press was getting so frustrated with him and what he needed to say is look we'll have the initial count done but the initial count is not final right and there are a lot of factors that can come into play and may alter our official numbers but what he was doing and did you see the press conference uh, yeah the one we the one you're talking about yeah yeah and and what he needed but what he kept doing was he kept saying we'll have everything by saturday but and then he went into all the other scenarios but he did do a good job of closing that you know closing it up and just saying look this is the initial count yeah and the initial count will be done at this time and then there's other variables that'll come in but 
wow it's you know it, and then it, i'll take great. it a step further but what i found frustrating about pennsylvania was they were saying we're going to get uh 1300 votes at midnight and we're going to get 2600 votes at 4 a.m and we're going to get um 14 votes at, at 7 a.m and it was like i wonder if we could i know the media is begging for numbers and we were watching it like a, a stopwatch everybody was counting votes themselves i wonder if we just allow people to count votes and say hey we're reporting once a day we're reporting 7 a.m for the previous day it's going to be 16,000 ballots and we're going to do it once a day and then because people kept asking the 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 elector, the the officials in Pennsylvania. When are you going to report? When are you going to report? When are you going to report? And they were saying four or five hours, and then six to seven hours, or eight and nine hours. And I just wonder if we just could slow down and say, all right, count Tuesdays, post them Wednesday morning. Count Wednesdays, post them Thursday morning, instead of waiting for for uh, stats every four, or three or four hours. And what what did you think? Who did you whose count were you buying? I mean, because you had really the New York Times, CNN, MSNBC mm-hmm. on one pace. You had Fox News of all places yeah. and AP being a little bit more aggressive with their calls. Yeah. Is that which which did you think which did you have more confidence in? Uh, which which did you think were you? Um, I was cheating and out because I have five pollsters that I follow on Twitter and I just had their pages up, and they were saying in a normal election Arizona would be called right now. And I think it was not a normal election. People were just so scared of, one, just the Trump backlash, which ended up happening. And two, there was a lot of provisional and mail-in ballots that, that previously were not the number. So the bulk of, at one point, Philadelphia had 100,000 provisional ballots. Usually they would have 30 to 40,000. So 100,000 can swing an election one way or the other. So I think people were just scared to call races. But I was following the pollsters and I, they were saying, if this was 2016, Pennsylvania would be called right now. So I, I kind of had a feeling, and then I, I was just kind of watching CNN for that. Yeah, you know, one of the things that um, I think was was tough is that there were some trends that were counterintuitive. Yeah. Right, and I think the biggest trend that was counterintuitive, and this was happening a lot um, on Thursday, Friday, was there would be deep Republican areas, mm-hmm. and it'd be a significant amount of mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. But what was happening was, even though these would be deep Republican areas, districts, counties, whatever you want to call them, those those votes in many cases were coming back as Democrats because Trump had done so much to discourage mail-in and um, the Democrats had done so much to encourage mail. And let's not forget that even though you have a red district, a red township, a red county, the reality is, is that you still have a significant amount of the other party in that. Yeah, roughly probably 40% in the given county, yeah. But what was happening was, even if you're in a Republican county, because Trump had scared so many Republicans Mm -hmm. off a mail-in vote, and the Democrats had, you know, really wrapped it up, Democrats, you know, would get, these votes were breaking for Democrats. Yeah. In, 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 red, in red districts, not just because the, these were red districts, but because of the way that the mail-in vote was just handled. Yeah, you saw, I think, Kornacki and John King on CNN were so amazed that it would be a really red county and the, the mail-in vote would come back 90-10 to Biden. And they were saying, guys, this isn't inaccurate. Democrats voted by mail and Republicans shied away from voting by mail. And so... It was it was crazy to see the, the disparity, and that's why that's why a lot of the pollsters were saying, um, "Oh, 
Biden's going to win this, even though he was down 200,000 votes, because they knew that the rest of the mail-in ballots that hadn't been counted were all going to skew towards him. So um, right after Wednesday, even though we were waiting on mail-in ballots, we kind of had a good feeling about everything. Yeah, just so you know, to give you an example is, I work for a member of Congress, and obviously we were victorious on um, Tuesday, yeah. and our race was called on Tuesday. But um, for instance, um, Will County does a very good job of giving you a breakdown. And we won Will County. Um, and just so you know, uh, Will County is rural, so it's not necessarily an easy win for the Democrats. This is our second straight um, uh, cycle uh, winning Will County. But if you looked at same day vote, we lost same day vote yeah. in Will County. Yeah. We got more overall votes, but same day vote yeah. went to our opponent. Yeah. And that's why our margin is growing. The votes are still being counted. Our margin will probably continue to grow because what you're, you're not getting same day vote now all you're really counting are mail and potentially provisional ballots yeah and i i actually felt like something that i heard across the, from every state was voting was super smooth this year because the long lines weren't there because a lot of people voted in mail people mm-hmm. who who wanted to vote by mail usually and then the pandemic caused a lot of people to vote by mail and it caused the people who voted on election day to probably have shorter lines which again goes back to our point if we could get a system where it's like a month-long season where we're counting mail-in ba- votes, we're calling, uh, we're allowing people to vote in person early, ending in an election day would be the ideal system that we have to probably build. Right. So once the race was called, what was your emotions? How'd you feel? I, I thought it was going to feel like, um, like a champion, but I, I felt relief was the first thing I felt like was like, you know, I tell this to people all the time. It, it hasn't been five years is a long time to be stuck in a fight, you know? And people, he's only had four years, but he was running for a year before that. So it's like, I was at the at the Trump rally in Chicago where he didn't come and didn't show up. I was right next to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you fight this for five years continuously and you try to make your point for five years continuously. And this country was headed, in my opinion, for a dark place if he would have won. And the fact that um, Biden, who couldn't campaign, properly, who couldn't knock on doors properly, who was facing a pandemic and was facing the biggest misinformation campaign in the history of of politics. Um, For him to win, the first thing I felt was like, I could take a break. And it was a little selfish. Like I could sleep on a weekend without worrying that the president committed international, uh, broke international law or tweeted out a conspiracy, you know? And I think what you saw in the streets was was relief it was it was joy but it was relief to say we got the monkey off our back there's a lot of work to do but we could celebrate right now in this moment because it was it was it it went from relief to joy at some point for everybody well i'll tell you um i was on the phone with an elected official and we were talking about some other things and uh the elected official all of a sudden said oh my god oh my god kamala won and um, I said, okay, I got to go. Uh, on Friday, I'd gone ahead and for the congressman, I, I, represent, I, I drafted um, our statement. So, of course, within 30 minutes of the race being called, our statement was in everybody's box. Right. I'm sure people were thinking, wow, that was really, they work fast. Now we worked the day before. Yeah. We wrote it out. We knew, we knew what the fit was going to be. But that being said, um, after I did that, you know, I watched, I, I didn't post immediately online. I was just watching. I was getting really emotional. Yeah. Uh, I do get emotional. I get emotional about a lot of stuff. You know, yeah. this way. You know how much I hate the Cubs, right? Yeah. If I were at a if I were at a Cubs game, and 
name one of your favorite stars had a great game and he's getting pulled off out of the off the game and he's getting a standing ovation i'm in tears yeah i'm in you know just because i I like that so you can imagine something like this election which a lot of emotion and everything Mm -hmm. and um it was just i was over you know not i won't say overcome with emotion it wasn't overcome with emotion i was just getting choked up a lot so it wasn't like i couldn't deal um but it was like everything would trigger me and i will tell you um the one thing, and I'm going to go back 12 years. The one thing, and I still get emotional talking about this. Um, you know, I lived in Hyde Park at the same time Barack was running and Barack was living in Hyde Park. And so I, and I, and I, I'm a logistics fan, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. the thing moving. So I always paid attention to the motorcade. So we're in Grant Park the night of the election. And we remember seeing states come in and the crowd is getting nuts going nuts and you know with everyone we're celebrating and when they called it we were celebrating and people were crying i didn't get emotional uh, i'll tell you when i lost it there's a big screen television and um there you know all these different shots and what they had a camera trained on lakeshore drive and you see barack's motorcade coming down lakeshore drive and this is it like, by the way, this thing. is like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. No, no, this is like nine or ten. I remember that was an early call. They called that. Well, it was one of the biggest blowouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they called that race early. Oh, but I know he has the protocol where he didn't come out right away. He just right, right, right. So this is like ten o'clock. Yeah. And the motorcade's coming down the street, and I knew what the motorcade looked like. Yeah. But it looked different this time. You could tell it was the president's, the president's motorcade. Yeah. It was literally the president's motorcade, and that's when I lost it. Everyone else lost it when Barack won. Uh, yeah, I lost it when I saw those lights. And you know what? Now I think Biden got an ambulance early, but the, one of the biggest difference for Barack was when Barack was just a candidate, he didn't have an ambulance in his motorcade. And that night, his motorcade had an ambulance, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my God, this is real!" Yeah. And and so on Saturday when it happened. Uh, I was just, you know, overcome, excited. The historical significance of the first woman, mm-hmm. not the first African-American woman, but the first woman. Think about it. Normally, the first African-American woman or the first South Asian woman means that there was another woman yeah. before, and this is the first one of that demographic. Yeah. No, Kamala's the first woman. Yeah. Um, and, um, I mean, it, it was just great last night. It was great, the way the way that they, they staged it. Um, but you know, throughout the whole counting process, and this is where Trump is really screwing up, uh, Biden's been president probably since I'd say mid October. Yeah. You know, there's just a way he's hearing himself. Yeah. There's a way that when he speaks, you're like, that's the president yeah. speaking. Yeah. And when the, the legal president is speaking, you're like, who's this clown? Yeah. That's something that when, so I was watching CNN and they were talking, not to keep plugging them, but they were talking about how. Why is Biden speaking on Tuesday night? Why is he speaking on Wednesday night? Why is he speaking on Thursday night? And then someone's like, because that's what a president does. The whole country is just odd pins and needles. And Trump's tweeting out conspiracy theories, you need somebody to lead. And Biden was just born for that, right? And so he comes out and he says something for 45 seconds, like, hey, let's count the votes. Everybody stay calm. We feel confident, but it's not over. And it's just, it just puts people at calm. So I do agree with your point that, that he was president for a long time before this. I will say I did the, I lost it on a weird moment. I lost it when I saw a video on my timeline when you remember when Barack gave uh, Joe Biden the, 
um, the what's the, the medal of freedom? The medal of freedom, yeah, for for civilians, right? And it, Joe didn't know, and I remember that being a huge thing in 2016. Was it was a surprise to Joe, and Joe cried. Like Joe, when Barack first announced it, Joe turns around and he starts crying. I lost it there because I just felt like, um, you know, this is a guy who's sacrificed a lot. He's lost a wife and a daughter. He lost his son. Um, and we talked about this. Something about Biden winning specifically was like he's dedicated his whole life to politics and now he's reached the pinnacle of it. Um, and there's a lot of rumors of whether he's going to be a second term or how long is he going to last, whatever that is, right? But for him to get to this stage this late, this late in his life, that, that's where I really lost it because I felt like he earned it. Now, the thing that we have to talk about is we did not have a good night yeah. in the Senate. Yeah. I won't say we had a bad night. We we are technically we're still in the uh, race. Yeah. We're, we're still plus one, yeah. right? We, we 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 only lost one seat, but we picked up two seats. Yeah. Right. We picked up Arizona, we picked up Colorado. We have the potential to pick up two more, yeah. which would force us into a tie. What do you think went wrong on the Senate side? I think um there was people who first first of all, Trump is an incumbent president. Incumbent presidents don't lose that often, right? The last time it happened was Bush Sr., right, in the early 90s. So I think people generally liked where they were in the country in the sense of there's probably statistically more money in people's pockets, and they're statistically better off than they were four years ago. And I think people were just tired of the top of the ballot. And so I think a lot of people voted Biden and then voted Republican down the ballot. And I think people were not expecting that. So I think that's the first place that went wrong. I think the second place was Trump's attacks worked in places, right? He called Biden a socialist for six months and there was a, a low turnout in Florida because of it. He called, he said Biden was going to shut down the economy and Nevada was closer than it was in 2016. And I think, um, you know, they say all politics is local, but a lot of those national headlines, I think, affected local races. Right. And I think, you know, one of the things that they often talk about is people do like the balance of power. Yeah. And they want to put, you know, um, and this is where the Democrats and I'm a Democrat. I've been one for my whole life. This is where we have to stop being babies. Yeah. Uh, we won. We, we, we won the White House. Yeah. That's significant. Yeah. We even though we have a smaller margin in the House, we won the House. Yeah. We still have the House. Absolutely. And the reality, unlike the Senate, which only a portion of it goes up every year, the entire House is up. Yeah. So it's still the country wants more. Uh, Democratic members of Congress, albeit yeah. fewer, than they do Republicans. Um, but one of the things that happens, and you talk about those attacks, and this is, you know, one of the things that happens is everybody in a lot of these states are saying, wow, right. uh, that guy is crazy. We don't want him. Mm -hmm. However, they'll vote against him, yeah. but then they may go ahead and hold off. Now, but the reality is, is that I don't think we lost a Senate seat in a state that we won, did we? Did we lose? Okay, so we won Colorado, right? We won Arizona. There was no Senate seat up in Nevada. Um, there, right now, we didn't lose any Senate seats in Georgia. We may win Georgia, yeah. right? Um, there were no Senate, Senate seats up in Pennsylvania. So that's the other thing is, you know, quite frankly, you know, maybe our winning tack, you know, it worked, but the reality is, is that those states are deep red states. Yeah. And so, I mean, we'll have to look this up, but off the top of your head, were there any... Well, we, lo we lost that Alabama seat. Won? Yeah, but that, but we lost, that's what we lost the state. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Off the top of my head, well, no. Well, yeah, so so the question is, is that 
you know, that that's kind of a reflection of yeah. that state's politics. Yeah. You know, I, I will tell you, though, um, a lot of people, did you see uh, online, a lot of people were talking about the money that was thrown at Hairston and Hager yeah. and McGrath and saying it was a waste. No, it wasn't a waste. Those were electrifying candidacies. Yeah. And if you think about what happened with um, Stacey Abrams, and she had an electrifying candidacy for governor and she lost. Yeah. But then she stayed in it, she stayed at it. And then we were able to flip that state this time on the presidential level. Mm -hmm. We may flip it on one, maybe two Senate seats. I don't I don't think there was wasted money after Hager. I don't think it was wasted money for Hairston. I don't think it was, because the reality is is you gotta make those guys compete. Also, yeah. the reality is those states that we won, did we potentially win because they actually had to defend seats. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, Lindsey Graham beat Jamie Hairston, but Lindsey had to work. Cornyn yeah. had to work. You know, I, I wouldn't say that Mitch had to work so much, yeah. but some of these states that we thought we might take, did we potentially spread the field? I think the only criticism came from, from McConnell's seat because McGrath never got close in the polls. And, and remember, she had to win her primary that she almost lost. And there was people saying, um, maybe McGrath isn't the strongest candidate to go against McConnell. And I keep, uh, people were just saying, no, just keep giving her money, keep giving her money. I think that's the only criticism that came from, from that. People love, but I want to know, go ahead. But I'd like to know, here's the thing, who didn't get money that they were taking away from? The reality is yeah. there was a lot of money playing. You'll never I, know, I don't know yeah. if any candidates who were screaming, hey, I lost, I didn't have money. No, everybody who needed money was flushed. Yeah, yeah. Not all of it went to winning case. It'd be different. And am I correct me? Am I wrong? Was anybody was anybody that lost lost because they were poor? And the reality is, is yeah, we maybe gave Amy Grath a lot of money, but the reality is, is that we weren't really robbing Peter to pay Paul to do it. No, I agree. I think people people are mistaken when they say if you take McGrath's money and gave it to Jamie in South Carolina, he would have won. Jamie had a lot of money and he used it wisely, but I don't think that's the case. Maybe you could look at Maine and say people thought Gideon was up in the in the polls. People thought Susan Collins was was done i thought susan collins was done and that was a surprise too but no i don't think that nobody suffered because uh mcgrath was getting money in, in, in kentucky right and, and i mean the thing is is the reality is is tim scott is up uh in south carolina in 22 i don't know if jamie runs for it or not but don't be so cynical to say we don't have a chance because if that were the case we would not be in the position of winning georgia we would not have gone ahead and won arizona because the reality is, is that we've never won these states before under presidential, yeah. um, but we have, but year, it's been years since we have, Yeah. right? So I don't think it's, and it's frustrating to me, and I now I get hockey fans. You know how hockey fans hate it when no one pays attention to hockey, and then all of a sudden their local team is in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then you have people who've yeah. never had any kind of connection to hockey, and now they're experts, and it really infuriates the hockey fans. Yeah. I'm the same way on the political side, right? Where, you know, this is my life. It's something I work in. And so then all of a sudden you have somebody who just watched, you know, two hours of Morning Joe and now they're political experts. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I get frustrated with all these people who maybe have never actually run a campaign where they, you know, second guess. And, you know, we second guess one another. We, we always think we could do better. But sometimes there's something, some statements that people make that they don't understand the realities on the ground. The realities on the ground is that it may be years before some of these states that we thought we could flip will flip. Yeah. But you should never, ever, ever get tired of it. You should never, ever say we shouldn't do it again. 
I was completely shocked. I thought we would do something in Texas. I yeah. thought maybe we would get this, get the presidency or get the, get the Senate You know, I was shocked, but Beto made it close. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to think with the changing demographics. And here's the thing, Democrats or not Democrats, the party in power in midterm elections, almost it's, it's kind of a rule. I won't say always, but there's a rule that oftentimes we see. Yeah. The reality is, is that let's make 22 an exception. Let's go ahead. Maybe the thinning of the herd was this Tuesday. Maybe the thinning, maybe, maybe because now we're switching to the House, but I think in a lot of these House races, the Democrats that lost, these were not, in many cases, these were not swing district Democrats or blue district Democrats. These were Democrats who walked in and took a red seat. Yeah. And now, and now they have it, right? Um, you know, Lauren Underwood, I think she's going to pull it out. But the reality is, is Lauren Underwood's having a fight of her life. But Lauren Underwood is in Illinois 14. Yeah. That's a deep red seat. For sure. You don't walk in. That's not a swing seat. Yeah. That's a deep red seat. And so I wonder if we got a little fat in 2018 mm-hmm. and these losses that we took this week and these can and these and these candidates that actually had to fight for their lives to stay, you know, stay in line. There's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking what went wrong as to why, but how much of it also is just the reality is, is that these were seats that we should have never had in the first place. We should be glad we took them. Those who were able to still hold on to them should be very glad. And hopefully in 22, when we have remaps, they might get a more favorable map. Yeah. But I wonder how much of it is just the reality of those districts. Well, um, to, to, I'll run with your point a little bit about uh, putting in money to seats, even though you might not win them. Stacey Abrams lost in 2018, and she's a star. She's a star, bec- not because she lost, but she lost, and now she's on the national stage. She was um, in the running for vice president. She was in the running for – people want her to run the DNC right now. So even though she lost her, her, her race in 2018, it launched her into being a, a political star. And now she's now she's getting all the flowers because she she helped flip Georgia blue and people want her involved in a lot of things. Same thing with with Beto in Texas. He wasn't supposed to win Texas, made it close, and now he was in the running for he ran for president, you know, and he has a national voice. So maybe on these down ballots they could bring in Beto and and try to flip seats in the in the Congress with using Beto as a name. So I, I do agree with your point about spending money even though you might not win the seat. As far as the House, I think what we said earlier was people thought the Biden ticket was going to help down ballot unilaterally and the momentum that Joe and Kamala had, were going to push people into winning seats. When in reality, it, it, I think people separated the top of the ballot with the, with the rest of the ballot and they were focusing on issues in the house, but the, it was Trump versus Biden on the top of the ballot. And something that's interesting is, is, we're used to the presidents winning with the trifecta. Barack, Donald, they win us. They usually win the House and the Senate when they when they win their first seat. This is the first time we're really seeing a president come in, and he might not because we're still hopeful in Georgia, but he might not have the Senate. So I think that just speaks to there's a, there's a Trump is very polarizing. And so people are going to vote for Trump or not vote for Trump. But the issues are not as polarizing as at the top of the ballot might seem, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, one, one of the things, though, too, that I've heard, and I'm not sure if you heard this, is some people said, too, that in 2018, part of the reasons why the Democrats took the House was because there was a protest vote. Yeah, for sure. 
And in 2020, if I'm an independent or a moderate Republican, I'm less mo- in, in, in 18, Trump's not on the ballot. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and in 14, Illinois ran, in Illinois 14, um, Lauren ran against a guy named Randy Holtgren. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead, since Trump's not on the ballot, I'm going to take it out against Holtgren. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so now we fast forward to 2020, Trump's on the ballot. I'm still angry about Trump. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to vote against Trump. To take it out on him. But I'm going to return back to my Republican roots in in my down ballot races. Yeah. So some, I, I, have you, had you heard that dynamic? I heard exactly that dynamic was 2018. They were voting against Trump. They, and because Trump was on the ballot this time, they could actually literally vote against Trump and then they could focus on the issues on the rest of the ballot. So I've heard that narrative for sure across the last few days. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're, I know you live in a city, so you might not have a big yard, but uh, who's your landscaper? Uh, We, we switch up. <laughs> so you don't go to four season no, last. I don't go to four season season total landscaping. For those of you who don't know what we're talking Man. about, um, on Saturday, uh, Trump's people, uh, his Keystone cops of an attorney team led by Rudy, yeah, the entire Mayor, legal team, yes, uh, decided they were going to have a, a meeting at the four, uh, a press conference at the Four Seasons, and it was communicated to Trump that the meeting was at the Four Seasons. So of course, Trump tweeted that they're having a press conference at the Four Seasons, but it wasn't the illustrious Four Seasons Hotel. It was Four Seasons uh, landscaping. And uh, you want to tell me a little bit about where Four Seasons is located in whichever city it is? It's in Philly, right? But where in Philly is it? it? Well, I don't think it's in Philly. I thought it was in a rural part of Philadelphia, outside okay. of Philly. Okay. I can, I, I'll double check it, but that's what I heard. That's what Jake Tapper said, who's a famous Philadelphian. Um, and it's next door to a crematorium mm-hmm. and then next door to an adult bookstore. Mm-hmm. And when they mean four seasons, they mean fall, winter, summer, and spring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a. And here's the funny part: was Trump had to delete his tweet because the the actual four seasons of Philadelphia tweeted, "Hey guys, this isn't here. We have nothing to do with whatever they're doing. Please leave mm-hmm. us out of this." Right, and 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 you know, it it kind of goes to the idiocy of what what is uh, going on. But I think one of my favorite memes and is that I saw was you know how everyone's saying this is how it started this is where i am now yeah they had a picture of trump going down the, 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 <laughs> the escalator and then they had a picture of the press conference at the four seasons yeah. uh, landscaping which uh, which ended the trump campaign the last five years ended in the parking lot of the four seasons total landscaping so what, what were some of the other memes you saw that were lex related that that that, that, that had you uh laughing I, i'm gonna um there was a lot of total landscaping stuff there was a lot of um um, Trump demanding not to mo- vote in mail, then showing tweets of him asking why not, not getting mail-in votes. But I'll twist it up on you a little bit. The the memes I found the best were the good memes. The memes of, there was one with um, all the pre- uh, pre- uh, previous vice presidents all in like a grid and then Kamala standing right there. And um, that was very, very powerful. There was a meme of... Um, Joe and Barack in the White House saying, making fun of Donald Trump, stuff like that. Um, those are the memes that I found very, very powerful the last couple of days. A lot of funny stuff. A lot of funny stuff, though. Yeah, you know, I, of course, I, I saw, I love that Avengers meme. Yeah. Uh, where, where, where everyone was coming together. I just loved how, like, they threw everybody in, but 
everyone made sense except for Sean Connery. Did you see? Did you see that? Well, one I, I thought he was in there because he just died. <laughs> he just, he just. Yeah, but he still, it still made no sense. He had no connection <laughs> to politics. Um, I, there it, was it, one. Did you see the DK Metcalf one? Which one? DK Metcalf, the Seattle, uh, the Seattle Seahawks wide receiver. No, no. Two weeks ago, he made a play where a guy intercepted the ball and he caught up to him. Oh yeah, yes. I yes, saw yes, one yes. where. Uh, Pennsylvania was running and Joe Biden was on DK Metcalf's body and he was catching up to him. Uh, well, you know, people, you know, that that's the best part about the internet is, is it, yeah. you know, we, the other thing I just enjoyed was the celebrations, you know, people, I, I hope that people don't erase the, what we talked earlier about Barack in 2008. People will say, have you ever seen people dancing in the streets when their president's elected? And I loved watching people dance in the streets, yeah. but I did see that before in 2008. Well, and it was, not just in, it was not just in Chicago, it was just not in the United States, it was worldwide. And so I do think it's funny that the last two Democratic victorious presidents, people danced in the streets. I, I, I don't think I remember, I remember locally there was a lot of celebration for Barack. I do remember uh, nationally people were so um, impressed because he was the first black president and all that stuff and there were celebrations. But like Paris was like, popping fireworks all night and there was people across this country who were celebrating i did read a historian on my timeline that said the only time he could ever remember this was two times when we killed osama bin laden 2011 mm -hmm. people were celebrating in the street and when we ended world war ii people were mm -hmm. celebrating in the street he said it reminded him more of third world countries that defeat dictators which that's right. what i felt like it felt well, you know, I, and that's the point. I think, you know, that maybe the difference here between Barack and Biden is Barack won, and that was a momentous accomplishment, not just for Black Americans, but for the country to say, hey, we as a country, you know, will elect a Black man. And, and it was also it had significant extra poignant, poignant, poignancy for Black folks, yeah. right? And there were a lot of emotional moments, and there was a lot of celebrations. But I think with Trump, we literally, a lot of people, myself included, and we're not being hyperbolic. No. We literally felt we saved a country. Yeah. With Barack, look, with Barack, we were excited. Yeah. We had a black man in the White House, and white people liked having a black man in the White House. Yeah. It was that cool dude was in the White House. But we were not really scared of John McCain as the president. No. We would not have been happy, but John McCain was not taking our country to the, the, the brink of destruction. Yeah. Our country is on the brink of destruction yeah. right now. <laughs> I will say, I will say the difference is people were celebrating Barack. Yesterday, people were celebrating the defeat of Donald Trump. Not as not as much as they were celebrating Joe Biden, but they were celebrating the fact that um, Trump was going to be gone. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, we 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 ran a little long today, but I think it was worth it because okay, it was a yeah. great historic week. Yeah. Um. You know, this is going to be a fun week coming up. We will get to see what Joe Biden's going to do, but more importantly. We're going to get to see what this crazy man is going to do as a lame duck. First of all, if he will still, um, you know, try to hold on to power, if he'll still try to convince us he won. Um, he, but this he, is going to be well, I read today that sources say he's planning to hold rallies this week and show uh, show proof of uh, the election for us. <laughs> well, well. It's, we'll see if that happens. So, uh, you know, this, this right now is uh, John Moore signing off. And then Fadi signing off. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next week.